The following program is a Podcast One.com production. And here it is. Yeah, buddy. 1-800-L-O-V-E-1. Oh, wrong show. Uh, yeah, that whole thing. So it's a podcast, I guess. We're Best doing. show ever. One of these days I'll hear Drew. Can you hear me? Hello? Yeah, there you go. How about now? Okay. Best show ever. Yes? Yeah, I can. I guess. So, best show ever, right? What? Which this one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Best show in the world. Sure. Why not? So, um, how was it CNN tonight and all freaking hell broke loose? Really? With that Syrian thing. With the what? Syria? Oh, yeah. Well, that's real. That's real news. No kidding. They uh, take that shit very seriously. Man, yeah. it's, you think, uh, I, I, I don't know what to make of it, but it's not, it's not making me feel comfortable being in New York City, I got to tell you. Yeah, but do you think, I mean, do you really think that that's like a, our big threat to, to, the, to the United States right now? Or is it, I mean, <sighs> I think our threats, our real threats are like financial, you know? I mean, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I hate yeah, to but how are you gonna, how are they underestimate gonna Syria and underestimate <laughs> ISIS and all that shit, but I just feel like we're our worst enemy. You know, on a day in and day out basis, we do more destruction to our own country than than what terrorists do. You, do. do. You, you've been something on your mind. You've been thinking about something. Yeah, just yeah, you know, the idea of ignorance being glorified. And do you talk to your dad? No, I haven't talked to my father. Yeah, I would love to hear what he has to say. Yeah, I'm, he, I, listen. Don't don't get me wrong. My dad was a, a very successful, very smart accountant and managed the money of. Thing, people like Coca-Cola and Mitsubishi yeah, he and probably, Nissan. He probably has a real interesting he understand, I mean, he d- definitely understands economy, yeah. uh, economics. But mm-hmm. I, I'm my um, uh, friend of a friend works at the Fed, and yeah. I always love talking to her for that okay. same reason. I mean, she's a catastrophist. The two biggest catastrophists I've ever met are my friend who works at the CDC and my friend who works at the at the Fed. All right, what are they saying? They, they, they just according to them, we're all we're fucked, and we've all we're always fucked. And at the last <laughs> moment of everything, we get saved by fill in the blank by random forces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? Like, is you that? have no idea how close we are to being fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it as far as the CDC goes? Oh, it's just like. How quickly, like, spinach that has salmonella in it, you know, like, we get, we hear about it on the tail end on the news, but yeah. little did you know, it was so close to being, a, like, a real outbreak. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and if that happens, we'll get through it. Now, what about the economic side? Uh, you know, just like, uh, holy shit, look at this girl with three tits. <laughs> Do you see that, Drew? I, I saw it briefly on Facebook. Yeah. I didn't actually see it. I saw the headline. Yeah. Is it for real or is it like a Photoshop? No, thing? it's real. She has three tits. How do you know? I, are they, I guess I don't they know. In a, are they in a line or are they, they up and down? Three across. No. No way. Okay. They, they can, you can have one under another mm-hmm. and, and everyone thinks you can have three across. I've never heard of three across. But maybe, I mean, who knows? But I've just never heard of that. Um, And then, you know, and like all this... More and more, it was, I think, with the uh, Adrian Peterson deal than it was with uh, Ray Rice, where I started to think, like, tradi- people hold on to tradition as if it's something positive. And I'm starting to see that tradition is the worst and most effective and convenient scapegoat in the world. Well, that's worse than tradition, I, I got to tell you. I mean, yes, yes, you're right, but physical abuse is a special category. No, but, but uh, dude, 
How many people told you? Well, if you're black in the South, then you're you're then you you do that, and that's it. Yeah. Then I, I go, but- okay, fine. Then put everyone that's black in the South in jail. What do I care? <laughs> like, uh, you're supposed to tell me to because traditionally that's what you do there, and it's cultural. I'm supposed to accept it? Like, right. no, no, no. It doesn't make it okay when it when it is extremely harmful. The problem is though the way the brain is configured, the perception of it. I mean, I can't tell how many criminals and drug addicts I've seen who once I got them to admit that they were severely physically abused, which they always deny at first. Yeah, of course. It's same with yeah. every every porn bra-, bra that's in here right. on Love Line. Right, right. And, but then, then they, when they go, oh, yeah, of course, I, like anybody, I was hit with a, a bat and a tennis racket and a, one time a hatchet. You know, my mom threw a hatchet I, at I, me. I don't want to uh, embarrass her, but I know that she openly talks about this, so I'll, I'll mention it. But uh, I think my favorite example of that is Jillian Barbary. Uh, don't you remember Drew and like yeah. like you you actually do a great detailing of her when she's like well doesn't everybody get rocks in their pussy mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah she was sitting in a makeup chair in Miami and she was talking about how her grandfather and her uncle sexually abused her and she was like it's just like when your grandfather sexually abuses you and the room went silent <laughs> and she goes oh come on you guys all went through that everyone goes through that and the room was just everyone looked at her like mortified. And she called me like an hour later, like, what the hell? That was my first call from Jillian Barbary fifteen years ago. And, and it's uh it's crazy, man. Yeah, I, I mean people assume it's a it's an okay thing because I'm fine, I'm perfect, I'm good, and therefore and I'm a good person, and so therefore what made me what I am is all that. No, you are in, what you are in spite of yeah. these things that happen to And you. I just I just don't like, man, I don't like this whole movement to to kind of celebrate the idea of not evolving as people. Yeah. You know, it's like I don't I don't want us to hold up examples of of us using tradition as like it's a good thing. I mean, pointing out how we do things just the same way it was 100 years ago, that's not right. You know, like mm-hmm. b- promoting the idea of never seeing a therapist or I I you know what? My dad hit me and I'm doing just fine. I never went to go see a psychiatrist. You know, I hear Sean Hannity say and Sean, I understand what Sean Hannity does is part entertainment, but there's a lot of people that feel that way and they think it's a good thing. Like, hey, man, my grandpa never did this and he was in World War II. I, I understand that. But if your grandpa had access to what we have access to now, he would have done this because right. he wants to be happy and healthy. You know, right. it's, like, just, it's just, just think crazy. About it, Mike. Just think about it. Just let's use a simple experiment. Just a simple experiment. Let's not even talk about humans for a second. Let's consider dogs. Okay. You take a small puppy, not, a, not even a little puppy, like a, like a six-month-old puppy, and you start beating it with a stick when it doesn't do what you want it to do. Yeah. Is it going to be disciplined by that stick, or is it going to make it a fucking ferocious, biting, angry dog or a cowering dog that right. runs the other direction? It certainly isn't going to be a healthy, happy dog that runs up to you with a waggy tail. Every time he sees you, he's going to yeah. want to avoid you or he's going to want to bite you. Well, Those are the two right. modes. That, and dog is no different than other primates. And I, why, I do we, loved, why do we think we're different? I loved hearing Charles Barkley say, uh, do a, a tremendously, uh, uh, just I mean, an unbelievably eloquent argument. Uh, no, I just loved hearing Charles Barkley do. Cause, just because? An the incredibly argument. eloquent argument where he just stumbled over his words saying, well, when I was younger, I got beat. And everybody in the South where I'm from got beat. 
And uh, I turned out okay, and I go, well, you know, you can't speak English well, and you're a professional broadcaster. You are a degenerate gambler who's been open about losing millions of dollars, millions with an M, of dollars in, uh, in money due to, to your g- overwhelming gambling problem that you've never sought any uh, help for. You've, uh, you were constantly the center point of a lot of... Uh, controversy during your time in the NBA for your for your outlandish and unruly behavior. Oh yeah, you're doing great, Charles. Well, he had some stuff happen to other family members who were subjected to the same quote discipline. Some bad stuff happened, and that, and, that, and I can't tell you how many criminals and drug addicts I've sat with, and when they tell me, oh yeah, they're physically abused like anybody, uh, they cannot make a connection till way later in treatment between what happened to them and their drug use. But there's a direct relationship. It creates emotional dysregulation. It shatters the actual wiring of the brain that allows for a holistic, integrated, regulated system. And it takes a lot of work to get it back, as opposed to what the brain that's been disrupted does, which reaches outside of itself to find a way to regulate drugs and alcohol, gambling, sex, things like that. And I just don't like the idea that all of this is being celebrated. That's my point. Look, celebrate it or dismiss. Like, oh, it's just well, no, no, do. no. Well, it's it, when when it's dismissed, it's one thing because at least you're uh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Dismissed is 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 equally as bad. But but to me, it's it, what I hate is the argument of this this kind of no nonsense old school approach. Like that's viable somehow. Hmm. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I don't yeah. like this this whole. Uh, this race for the bottom. I mean, Darwin must be turning over in his coffin. <laughs> he really is. The idea that, like, you don't search for more healthy and, and enlightened view and views and approaches to things when, as when we did you, grow. When, well, when did you get this attitude? You always had it? Yeah. I, well, you know when it really came to boot is, and I'm not saying anything, you know, I think people cross the line far too often now that we all have a voice. Yeah. Um. In, in with social Twitter, media. Yeah. But where, like, I'm not insult. I don't. I don't mean to insult Sarah Palin as a person. I'm not in any way. I don't know her. She may be a very fine person, but I. I got very angry during her uh, <laughs> when she was potentially going to be the vice president of this country, mm-hmm. and there was a big push in the in, in a lot of the red states for, to to promote this idea of like she's just like me. She's not some, one of these highfalutin, uh, highfalutin. Uh, coastal uh, Ivy League people. She's just a regular old soccer mom, and I, and and she talks like I do. And I said, and I, I would get so angry about that because to me, I don't want to promote the idea of of the people who could potentially lead our country to be average. Yeah, it's not something to celebrate and say, look, I'm a dummy and I host a radio show. I have no business in the White House, so I don't want anybody like me in the White House. I right. want it to be the brightest and the best. And, and I don't like the idea of, like, it's, hey, we're just regular Joes and we fill up our thermos with coffee. and we're No, no, we should all strive to be as smart and as sharp and as full and as happy and as enlightened as possible. Not try to just settle on making sure that someone like us, who's in the middle of the pack, gets a chance to be represented. You know what I'm saying? Like, the idea yeah. that this, like, this, this, this mediocrity or average kind of thinking is promoted. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think I was guilty as anybody of thinking, oh, I like the idea of a, of a mom at the, you know, on the boards of a hockey game saying, hey, I could be governor and finding a way to do that. Um, 
By the same token, I spent the weekend watching a with my daughter watching a documentary about FDR, mm-hmm. and you get a sense of the magnitude of ability of people right. like right. Franklin Eleanor. And there's nothing there's nothing less and Theodore too. There's by nothing the way. more or less Theodore dignified about ridiculous. being a, a butcher or a plumber or you know what I'm saying. Like no. I, I'm not in any way saying that someone is more valuable valuable or less valuable as a human being but when it comes to what we demand uh, uh, for our presidents and you know what i'm saying like however, the people however, that we that we use as representations of our entire nation yeah. we should demand more what we demanded more you know in 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 1901 the people who who looked up to theodore roosevelt and were were craftsmen and were 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 steelsmith and things like yeah. that they they didn't in any way go like you know what I just don't feel like he's enough like me I need a guy like me out there they go no thank God my president is is a was a smart guy college graduate and yeah. a fire captain and a police chief and was in the Red Riders and then went on to to become rough riders. Uh, or the Rough Riders yeah I apologize the Rough Riders and he you know what I'm saying he was this yeah. incredibly multifaceted and Vital. An, an intellectual guy you know yeah. that yeah well. Uh, and the, but the I think the part of there's a there's a balance there between somebody that's smart and hardy versus somebody that's too intellectual like Wilson. You know, Wilson was such a blowhard. Well, he was, was also pre- he was also detached. That well, was, was Wilson's yeah, problem. Yeah, but that's, was, what, that's what intellectuals do. They 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 get steeped in ideology. Wilson was the president of Princeton before he became the president. He, but there's a difference, Drew, and you should know it as well as anyone because I'm sure you bumped elbows with those people. There's a difference between intelligentsia and intel and and intellectuals. You can be an intellectual and still enjoy rolling up your sleeves and being a real guy. Yeah, but I, I, but I understand all, what you're talking about with this intellectual. Little, elite. Yeah, they, all academia gets a little bit rarefied. Gets sure. a little. They're, they're breathing air that's not. Mm, it, it drives me a little crazy. It's the it's to some extent the hammer nail. Either they're such experts that everything becomes relative, okay. everything becomes a, a conversation for evaluation, and nothing is factual, and there's no principles from which to operate, or they're a hammer and the whole world's a nail. Those are the only two, those, yeah. and those are the two modes that that are problematic. You know, when you've got to lead people, I mean, sometimes lead. You know, people just need somebody to take a position. Go, everybody. Just follow me. I think I have a pretty good instinct on this. Let's go. Right. And, and but be smart and be you know capable and, and stuff, but not be too smart. I, I, that, then and I and look at history. Wherever the too smart gets involved, French Revolution, it's not necessarily good for people. That's all I'm saying. Right. Right. No, you're right. So, and, so and it's, I, it's a, there's, Ted, a, there's a middle road there somewhere. FDR and Teddy Roosevelt were two perfect examples of really being yeah. able to kind Teddy of— Teddy particularly. Teddy, t- I think, yeah, is Yeah, well. I mean, yeah, you're firing on all cylinders. You're yeah. a guy who has uh, close working knowledge of what it means to struggle and what it means to— but, Even though he was born to immense wealth, he went out of his way to be a business owner, to be, yeah. uh, to be a soldier, to be a fireman. Uh, a politician. He was all of these things. No, he be- went out. He went out, became a rancher in South Dakota. Are you kidding? Yeah, and then was- while he was there, he became a sheriff, and he rounded up criminals and stuff. It was, it was insane. And, and he lost everything in his cattle farm. He, the whole thing failed. Speaking of being born to immense wealth, I saw yeah. something in the. Uh, I don't know if you read the article. I, I found it fascinating. Mm. You know, they're having these big su- this big UN summit in New York City. I know. God damn it! Here, every, there's just sirens everywhere, and it keeps freaking me out because I keep worrying something's going to happen. Right, and- right. But they, but it's a, it's all pretty much based on climate change. Yeah. And I <clears throat> one of the biggest. There's been this push to divest money. Away from fossil fuels, as we, mm-hmm. you know, and, and one of the biggest uh, private sector um, divestors uh, that, they're, that they point out is the heir to the Rockefeller 
um, yeah, money. Yeah, in the paper today. And, and so you, you, you read about this. You know, the guy most closely associated with American oil money, the Rockefellers. The and, problem and, with that kind of thinking, though, is the most active research I know of for alternative fuels is the oil companies. They are so deep in it. And they have some yes. of the smartest minds in the world working on this because for them to survive, they know they can't rely on fossil fuels. Well, so I, believe I agree, me, they but, are they are racing to that stuff. But it, I'm simply so saying, why are you blaming the companies? Let's just I'm blame not the blaming fuels. anybody. I didn't no, blame anybody. I thought it was fascinating. Uh, some that, of the smartest guys I know are working for those damn companies, and I'm thinking, wow, these are the guys that are going to solve this. Let them solve it. There's no you can't single out who's to blame when it comes to climate change. It's you know you're talking about a trillion people from for the last 300 years that have walked this earth. You can't blame anybody. It's just all of us. Collectively as a whole, we've Well, you know, the, the U.S. To... is now contributing like 10% to the whole picture. We've got to get China, China and India. India. Yeah, you've got to get them on board. That's uh, in trouble. We've got to take a real quick break here on the Mike and Dr. Drew Show. Don't move. Fantasy football's back, and DraftKings.com isn't messing around. DraftKings.com is America's favorite one-week fantasy football site where you could win enormous cash prizes every week. You've already... Research the players for your season-long fantasy team. Turn that knowledge into instant cash at DraftKings.com. Last year, one player turned 11 bucks into 4000 Boom! That's one weekend, biatch. Another one, 100 grand, his first time ever playing. And another player won a million bucks in one day. Just playing fantasy football, something you want to do anyway. Keep your season-long league where it is. But also, play one-week fantasy at DraftKings.com to win huge cash this weekend. Hey, you got to hurry, too. Get free entry into the Millionaire Maker event, where first place takes home $1 million. Head over to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code PODCAST to play free to become a millionaire. DraftKings.com. Bigger events. Bigger winnings. Bigger millionaires. Enter PODCAST for free entry now at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com! When the Dan Patrick Show ends... It's over! The box score begins. Nothing is over! Nothing! Join Pauly, Seton, Fritzy, McLovin, and host Brock. Woo, woo, woo! Every day they react to the day's events. McLovin, do you feel any cooler after doing all that? And plan for Brock's death. Just come into my house, grab my computer, and go throw it off the end of a pier. That's all I ask. What have I done? Go to podcastone.com slash box score to hear every show. Welcome back to the Mike and Dr. Drizzy Show. Um, do you see that bitch quit on TV today? Yeah, what was I saw? I was passing a television. I saw it. what was what what city was that? Anchorage, Alaska. And why? And why did she say it? Fuck it. She said, and I quote, uh, "I love to." Well, fuck it. I quit on live television. Live but what, she, what TV. was she doing? What was she? I, I guess she owns. From what I understand, she owns like some one of these uh, pot. Uh, dispensaries like medical pot, you know, like the medical marijuana dispensary type places. She, she owns one. Yes, and she also happens to be a local news reporter on the local affiliate. Right. She was doing a story on marijuana dispensaries. Yeah. And also, I, I guess was having some type of friction with the company that owned the TV company or the 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 news station there, the local affiliate. Because she had a conflict of interest. Don't, don't know. I yeah. I don't know the nuts and bolts. I only saw a clip of it quickly on yeah, Colbert that's all I saw, and yeah. laughed my fucking ass off. And then <laughs> and then rewound to kind of hear the story. Pardon me. And then um and then I saw it again on at, at midnight right before I came in here. Mm. And Chris Hardwick was talking about it. And that's where I heard that she actually was a like a like a purveyor of the of the weed. Awesome. Uh, on top of, uh, on top of, uh, you know, some someone who was into it. But 
it was uh, it was pretty funny to me to watch someone on live news, a newscaster, say, fuck it, I quit. <laughs> but then I started to think, because, look, many times during, like, the Simone era here on Loveline, I wanted to do that. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I was tempted to come into work and to say, you know what, the people who run this show are destroying it. And I'm not needed here because they don't want to make good radio. They want to do that and just rip people and then, then quit <laughs> on the air and leave. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, well, then I would be getting what I want, and I would make myself feel very good in a in, in, a, in an initial sense. But I yeah. would not only be screwing over the people that own the show. I would be screwing over the Anderson, the engineer, and Ann, right. and you, yeah. and listeners, and advertisers. And so it's a very selfish thing. That's what, and I, I, I kind of laughed at that girl doing that. But then I thought over, she probably has a, some friction with um, the station manager. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have anything to do with like the Fox company, um, right. the other broadcasters who are stuck. Did you see what happened to that poor no, other? What well, then she's like, um, "We'll be right back." And then <laughs> there was like a ten second delay. You know what I'm saying? Like they screwed. She totally screwed them over. And the other local advertisers who probably got burned out of their cat. Like there's a lot of people in the chain that get mixed up. That get yeah. you know get for hurt. your little prank they get yeah. screwed over. You know, that's the way I was thinking about it. Yeah, it's not what you call health. When yeah. people behave like that. Yeah. It, but, you know, listen, you can't tell me that you haven't thought about, like, take this job and shove it. I mean, it, it, it crosses everybody's mind, I assume, right? Yeah, but I, I would, could never kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, well, I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it, it's, you know, when people are impulsive, there's a sort of a reason for it. You know you're lucky saying? that you're not here because Why? I had a great count, like a great uh, bracket to do. Oh. But I'm not, I don't want to do those when you're not around. Like, okay. We have to be face-to-face. To, like, yeah, yeah. So well, tell us what it is. We can, so we can predict for next week. Uh, who has the biggest asshole? <laughs> who has the biggest butthole? I bet you, like, we could deduce. I would just name people, what like... we deduce? Well, because some people, some people have, like, a lifestyle. You know, like, they've either, like, taken big dumps or done a lot of anal. Give me an example. Just name people, like, Richard Simmons and Nick Nolte. Like, I bet you Nick Nolte is a big butthole. Why? I don't know. He's lived a hard life. Oh, dude, I, I'm not sure I can play this game with you. Yeah, you can. I'm not sure. Yeah. Fine. Who has the tightest asshole? Well, that almost seems more more predictive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At, le- at least if, if it, in fact, is associated with being uptight. Yeah, because, like, you know Perez Hilton doesn't have a very tight asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's been wrecked in his asshole. Mm-hmm. But then again, like, Richard Simmons has probably taken a, a dick to his keister, but probably is a tight asshole. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, there's just ways mm-hmm. to... Okay, all right. Okay, we'll well, do... Who has the tightest asshole? Now on next uh, Mike and Drew show, and there's, there's there are women that seem pretty uptight too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But some of those women that are uptight will take a dick in their asshole. Yeah, your like, point. I I had a pretty uptight girlfriend who loved me putting my dick in her butthole, and like anal arena. No, uh, mm. she was not uptight. She was a mm. lot of things, but she was not uptight. Mm. Um, a, a psychopath, but mm. not uptight. Um. <laughs> I think, like, like I'm sure I left this girl without a tight butthole, even with my small dick. Now that I think about it, you know? Without. <laughs> oh, my God. And you see those. Tr- you know, truth.org sucks. And What is that? It's the anti-smoking Yeah, okay, idiots. all right. Yeah. And listen, I'm not, like, I'm Mr. Pro-Health. I don't want people to smoke. If it's up to me, people wouldn't smoke, you know? Like, yeah. But... 
Yeah, can you just be somewhat honest with people in your anti-smoking ads? Like, they do this new one where they show pictures of celebrities, yeah. like walking down the street smoking cigarettes. Yeah, and it's like, stop with your smoking selfies. You're just giving, you're giving the tobacco companies free promotion. And I go, wait a second. First off, not one of those pictures you took you showed was a selfie. If they yeah. show this one picture of Robert Pattinson, like. I'm not, and I do know how to properly use the word literally. He was literally walking down the street, like a crowded street in Manhattan, Ugh. and he's smoking a cigarette. And it's a picture of Robert Pattinson, clearly taken by some paparazzo, who didn't like, didn't like Robert wasn't posing. He was just right. smoking a cigarette, walking down the street. And then these people use that as an example of Got celebrities of celebrities promoting se- smoking. Oof. And I'm like, what the fuck? And like, poor Robert Pattinson just, just like he got lumped into this shit. Like, he just wants to smoke a cigarette in his off time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow. That's like if they took a picture of me choking a guy at training today, and it's like, hey, radio personalities, don't promote violence. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like, yeah. what? I, what are you talking about, you know? Yes. It's, you know, how can you possibly twist that shit around? I was so angry about that. Like, because I understand, like, if you if your point is that kids look up to these guys— and gals, like I, yeah. I, I agree. Like Robert Pattinson is probably very influential to youth. Yep. If you say, "Hey, when you show up on the red carpet, it'd be cool if you didn't smoke," I get right. that. That would be a, like right. a that'd be That's like a right. really good message. That's right. Otherwise, what you're saying is, "Excuse me, Mr. Celebrity, you have no personal liberties. Yeah. You have no. You're not allowed an opinion. You're not allowed free speech, and you certainly can't do anything that we consider illicit." If you would, if you do a photo shoot for like. Teen bop or some shit or like men like G- like if you could not smoke because people look up to you, I, yeah. I that would that would be like a somewhat nice message. I get that, yeah. but yeah. to say to use a picture of him in public, like yeah. it, like really in public, not even on a set, like in New York, or, um, and I only assumed it was New York because the street he was on was like there's people around him. Yeah. Um, and then to say like don't promote smoking, like you're exactly right. You're saying hey. You are in the movies, therefore your life and your choices mean Belongs nothing. We Belongs need to you to do exactly how uh, how we want how we want you to live is how you should live the rest of your life, and it's yeah. and it's fucking crazy. No, in, in but what in every moment? Yes, in every moment, in every waking moment, we own you, and that's pathetic. It is. Uh, but by the way, what? that's how uh, practically I don't know seventy percent of the people who watch your TV show and listen to Loveline think that you should behave as a doctor. Oh, it, it, what, oh yeah. They don't think that you should be a doctor and then be on TV when you want to be. That you should be their doctor, one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, you're not allowed to have any kind of personal life. Yeah. No, no, no. That's no good. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You can't be a person. That, oh, that's I, the, I've your watched it happen. Is. I've watched it play out in front of my own eyes. Like people call and tweet. Like call Love Lines, like lo- the Love Line line, and be like, hey. Tell Dr. Drew to stop the show and come talk to me real quick because I'm having yeah. a problem. Yeah. You know? It's like, wait, wait well, a there, there is there is this weird, like, hey, boy, get over here. Come yeah. here. Come here. Come here. Isn't that weird? Uh, and uh, and then, the, I, which I would happily do, by the way, if it weren't for the fact that what is being asked of me is... Immoral. Well, impossible. No, it's actually immoral to think that you can handle, like schizophrenia over the phone without right. ever seeing someone. No, that's right. It it how they they want quote advice 
to manage a problem that takes years of treatment to properly manage. From probably a team of doctors. Oh yeah, a couple. Of <laughs> you know? Yeah, a couple. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to get some some you know talk and pharmacology and stuff going, and uh, yeah, and and th- that to me speaks to how misinformed people are about about mental health and medical conditions and what their problems are and how they're solved. That's that what gets, troubles me the most. Right, and that's what it gets back to my complaint at the beginning where I was like, we, I think we need to be concerned about what's going on internally more so. Is yeah. that, that that falls back into the same line of like, misinformed? So what? Here's my opinion on everything. Yeah. You know, it's like in 19... Look, Never and I'm studied not, biology, but I got an idea exactly, about vaccines. Exactly. Like, everyone thinks that their opinion... Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yes, I know what you're saying. I get paid to give my opinion, and I still know that my opinion mostly means shit. You know, it really <laughs> does. I don't... I, I'm an expert on nothing. I really yeah. am an expert on nothing except for maybe, like, different porn sites to go to <laughs> and and the experience of dealing with addiction. Right. I would consider myself... An expert on what it is subjectively to have that experience. Correct. Yeah. And to do, like the, the, the process of, of certain 12-step programs, yeah. I'm certainly not an expert in addiction or addiction medicine, yeah. but I'm an expert in the, I, the notion of what it means to go through that process. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. Hmm. I, don't, I, mean, I don't claim to be... But I have kind of a funny take on things, and I can be... Uh, I can think off... You know, as I stumble through my words, I can think mm. off the top of my head, and and so I make for, I have a good skill set for what I do. It doesn't mean I have any right to tell people like anything about vaccines or fucking what diseases you need to deal with and talk about on the air and what diseases mm. you shouldn't, nor about like what is considered a disease and what isn't, or what the fucking how the FBI should be handling catching certain criminals. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't yeah. fucking know. When people are like. Like all up in arms about how, and I think everybody should have their own political opinions. Don't get me wrong; I love the fact that people are active, but people are so like ready to lob verbal bombs at people because of how they handle ISIS. It's like, what the fuck do you know about war? What do you know about anything that goes on in the Middle East? Like, oh, oh, we should just throw boots on the ground because that's what we should do. We should send more United States American boys and girls overseas to go fight fucking wackos. That's what we should do? You think that's a better option than using drones? Just because. Why? What do you base that on? From your vast military experience? From all of your fucking political science studies of Middle East issues? And all your tribal in-study? No! Hmm. It's from you being a fucking fat ass and sitting on a couch. (laughs) And we're so insulated by it, you know? Like, we're so insulated by how easy everything comes to us that they just feel like, ah, well, here's my fucking opinion. Well, it's... (laughs) This is going to sound horrible, but it's it's really we don't educate ourselves in a disciplined way. You know what I mean? You're we don't totally really right. know what it is to really know something. And I agree. Like you, I don't think that sounds terrible at all. But that comes from someone who has a genuine, deep seated desire to learn things in a disciplined way. Disciplined way. Well, I'd love to learn expertise, things. but I have a lot of things I don't know anything about. And you right. sort of come to that when you when you have an expertise, you realize, oh man, I, there are people know a lot more than me. Right. Okay. Here's a perfect exa- perfect acknowledgement. Jesus, what's going on with me tonight? I just got so angry earlier today at other unrelated things, and I've blown out my voice. And I did your t- <laughs> I did your TV like show. Like what? Like what? Well, I did your TV show too. Oh so yeah, that was not good. And uh, <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> How dare you? No, no, I mean for your voice. Yes. Uh, yeah, because I yelled at your TV show too. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, let me calm down for a second. But yeah. uh, here's a perfect analogy that's, I think, a little bit easier to understand. Do you know the guys who watch boxing or MMA that talk the most shit are the guys who have never trained one mm-hmm. day in their life? Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier to have an opinion on you and think that your opinion is important when you don't really know shit about shit. Mm. If you know a little bit about stuff, then you start to realize like, you know what? I'm, I'm not qualified to comment on this. You know what I'm Like, like yeah. I, once I started tr- really training in combat sports is when I realized how little I knew. The more I learned, the more I realized I don't know shit. Mm. When you watch guys who are, who are 10 year black belts and you yeah. watch guys who have been boxing since they were six years old, once you learn how to throw a punch, once you learn how to take a punch, once you learn how to lock up an armbar, then you realize, like, I'm so baby shit in compared to real <laughs> fighters. And once you realize what it's like to be tired and smashed by another man, then you start to realize, like, I have no business talking shit about this other professional who's in the cage giving his all. You know, no matter right. how tired he looks, right. you would be ten times more tired in there, you know? Yes. That's oh, my yes. point. And yes. I think that the same thing goes for... It's so much easier to sit back when you don't know nothing about nothing and start lobbing bombs about what people should be doing in the medical field. Mm. Once you go to medical school, then you realize, like, there's so much more that I don't have. I haven't even scratched the surface. Oh, Am I correct? It's, unbe- it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. All right. Well, I think that was a utterly useless <sighs> podcast. Great job. Thank you. All right. Uh, good night, everybody. Assalamu alaikum. And uh, I love you. And Monday we will make love. This concludes another PodcastOne.com program. TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. That's right. Every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, though some features not available in all states. Not available in all states. That's right, yeah. In the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by TrueCar certified dealer networks. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. That's a pretty good average, man. That's a damn good average. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Then, third, you just simply print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, every day, true car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit truecar.com today. That is truecar.com.